Welcome back to the Ornithopter Flight Academy. I'm your host, Brendan, joined once again by Josh. Josh, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing good, thanks. Oh, it's been a while, man. A couple and weeks. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a few weeks for us because we recorded the last episode, and I don't think it got posted until like six days after we recorded it. Maybe not that long, like four or five days. So, yeah. Um, to those of you at home, we're sorry. It's all Magic Online's fault. Always is Magic Online's fault. Today's the first day I've sat at my computer and not done a cube draft. So, you know, there's a lot of times where I meant to record a podcast and just did four cube drafts instead. That might have happened on multiple occasions. Oh, what you been up to, man? Mostly just work stuff. Got some new uh, new potential work opportunities at work, so I've been chugging away trying to get those in action, and that's really about it. Nothing too new. I feel you there. I've been cube drafting, as you know. Yep, um, I've got quite a few of those. Yep. Uh, played some RCQs, uh, playing some Pioneer. Which we will get into uh, more another day, I guess, because uh, it's Pioneer season for quite some time. Um, let's Pioneer see, till a... September, right? Yeah, and then yeah. it's modern. Yeah, so which at first I thought was kind of annoying, but then like uh, my daughter's birthday's next week, and so if I just want to take like three or four weeks off from going to RCQs or worrying about it and just do other stuff, like, I can then come back and not immediately have to reinvest into something else. So I actually don't hate it as much as I thought I would. Um, have you seen the new Boros deck that's running around Pioneer, though? I guess we can talk about that real quick. Uh, Pioneer? Yeah. I have seen a deck list for it, but I have not seen it actually played. I played it, and I think it's overhyped. Like, I mean, that happens a lot, though, right? <laughs> Well, I can see if you like came into an unexpected meta, I'm sure you just run over everyone. Um, but you also just lose to like end the festivities. Like, there's a million sideboard cards that people can play for you, and when they're expecting you, it feels very unwinnable. Right. So, and Rakdos Midrange being one of the best deck just has a lot of answers. Uh, and the deck beats itself a lot of the time too, because you play. I mean, it's Kadeltha Red. It's stronger Kadaltha Red, but it's still Kadaltha Red. Same idea. So, for those of you under the age of 30 and don't know what Kadaltha Red is, uh, Google it. It's a mono red deck from 2009. Yeah? 10. 9. From a long time ago. Anyhow, uh, there was. Google a red deck. Google, Google. Google the original Sly deck. Yeah. Your two power creatures had uh, downsides. We are like, hang on. We are uh, uh, four minutes into this podcast already sounding like a bunch of boomers. Back in my day, go look at the red deck I had to play. I had to walk uphill both ways in snow to play Magic when I was a kid. So my grandpa used to say that he had to do that. And finally, one day, I asked him how, and he lived in a mining town in Pennsylvania, and so he lived, like, on the other side of the valley, and the school was across the other side, so he actually had to walk upside both ways. Like, and I don't know if it's true or not, I was going to say, that, that sounds like a story an old man makes up to validate his story. <laughs> right, but, like, the <laughs> town he lived in is in the mountains in Pennsylvania, you know what I mean? So like, It's plausible. It's, it was a very plausible thing, you know? I don't know how big of a hill it was, you know, or whatever, but, like, it was, it was the most plausible one I heard. I ran with it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't try to correct him. I let him have it. Absolutely not. Oh. That you let him tell his stories. He's earned that, right? Yeah, heck yeah. Oh. So, anyways, uh, we had a whole pro tour happen, and Nathan Stoyer is on... Uh, probably one of the craziest streaks ever. I think, like, uh, yeah, he won 
three of the four mocks last year into winning worlds, into top eighting a pro tour, into winning a pro tour. That's pretty That's good, pretty right? Good. <laughs> like, and it's not like back in the day where there was, you know, a GP twice a month you could go play in. You know, like he's just playing in these from one to the next to the next and just crushing it. Um, so, I mean, good for him. Yeah, Holy crap. absolutely. Like, um, people, you know, have said that was it, uh, who did seven in a row? Kai? Uh, I think Kai Bud did. Yeah. So they said maybe he'll, you know, m- match that in some sort of fashion, you know, or something like that. So, or on the same level of streak. I'm not ready to say that yet. Um, I will say he is doing it in an era with probably a lot better players overall through fields. So I'm sure I just got canceled for saying that, but hey, it is what it is. Um, so anyways, he was playing Rakdos Midrange. It was a standard pro tour. Um, and I called you right afterwards. So there was a Rakdos Midrange, a Rakdos Reanimator, Arachnos midrange, Arachnos midrange, Arachnos midrange. So five Rakdos decks in the top eight. Yep. Um, and the numbers on Fable of the Mirror Breaker um, came back very, very high with a really good win percentage. So I called you and I was like, they pretty much said Fable's going to get banned. Like they didn't, but they did. But I guess before we talk about the, you know, there's a BNR announcement. A few days from now, but before we get into that, we should probably talk about standard and the change because we haven't had an episode since then. Yeah. Uh, so there's no rotation this year, and we will have a three-year standard. What's your opinion? I know what your opinion is. Let's hear it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you really asking me my opinion? Uh, yeah. My opinion is we don't need a three-year standard. I think all the problems that we have from um, current. <laughs> Standard are just exacerbated with a three-year standard. I just... I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out, but I don't think it's a great idea. Uh, one thing that you would need to do if we have a three-year standard, unfortunately, is add more bannings. Yup. Um, Which they do plan on doing. Yeah, so that was kind of the first big wave, and so... To have this three-year standard, nothing's rotating. Um, I will say we're probably going to be critical of Wizards and uh, the people that are in charge of this. And But I, I want to preface all this by saying I'm very happy they're trying something to get paper standard back. I think it's very important. I, I will give a lot of credit there. So uh, they need to do something for standard. And so the fact that they're doing something is infinitely better than doing nothing. And Huey Jensen's a part of this, and he's the head of competitive play, and so he's everything he's done so far I've liked, so I don't want to say I don't like this. The one thing I hate new standard, new standard like right after rotation is cool for a week, and then it, it quickly becomes fairly solved. Yeah. And so then you have three months of just misery, so I'm hoping that happens less, where there's a few more options. I would also like to note the last two standard baitings, which was Alrin's Epiphany and was divided by zero and a couple other cards. Yeah. From the blue red dragon's turn deck. And then Meat Hook, Ma- Meat Hook Massacre. Both of those bannings happened when sp- standard was at its smallest. Um, a lot of it was outcry from people, yada, yada, yada. We could get into all that later. So hopefully, maybe with it being a little bigger, that doesn't happen. There'll be, le- I mean, I don't want to say there'll be less complaining because we know that's not going to happen. But there'll be less. Uh, they'll be quieter about their complaining. I guess the best way to put it, it's or everyone will be complaining about different things. There'll yeah. be more things to, than just the one thing to complain about. Won't all be? Oh my gosh, Shieldred is so good, or Fable the Mirror Breaker is so good. So, yeah, uh, the next thing, they, they followed up with a video, and I will be critical of Wizards of this. 
they do an hour long video explaining how this rotation stuff's going to work um and how they're doing bannings and then they just don't release an article with it <laughs> yep and uh, like and someone even asked them in the thing like hey are you going to do that and they're like no this is like more of a conversation and I'm like, someone needs to listen to this conversation and like write some highlight notes. This is very important stuff for players, uh, even like more casual players. Maybe I just play an arena, but like I play, you know, I try to get close to Mythic every month, and I have my meta deck and whatnot. But I'm not, you know, a tournament player. I don't go to the store. Maybe I don't, you know. But I, I'll read the weekly stuff online. You know, maybe I work six days a week and have a kid. I don't have time to watch an hour video to find out when stuff's going to get banned and how everything's going to work. So, luckily, we, I have a, we need the cliff notes, man. <laughs> right. Like, hey, here's this, this, and this, because then, you know, you have to get your information from, like, Facebook or YouTube. Yep. And, like, I mean, some YouTubers, you know, uh, very, very reliable, good information. And then there's, you know, the rest of them. Uh, same thing with Facebook. You never know where this information is coming from, so on and so forth. So that frustrated the heck out of me, uh, to put it nicely. But in this video, I did watch it. Luckily, I have a long drive back and forth to work so I could listen to it on my drive. Um, there's going to be a three-week banning period. or There's going to be a banner-restricted announcement uh, once a year, and it's right before rotation happens. Which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know why you don't wait for rotation to happen and then make bans. I mean, even though you know what's coming out, like, Magic players are good at finding stuff that, you know, the test teams missed. Even really good test teams missed. So, yeah, there's, is, something, there's something broken. Players will find it. Yeah, you know, uh, so there's going to be one banning, and it's going to be right before um, the rotation set so like this year would be thrones of eldraine if we did have a rotation the fall set right before preview season starts which from a marketing standpoint is really good because every content creator is going to be like well now that x y and z isn't in the format or we don't have x y and z we have this this and this um so maybe just like this is going to create where the strongest cards just get rotated every year i mean is that what's good We'll get ah, into that conversation later. Maybe. We'll, we'll get into all that later. So, uh, that's going to be, and that's going to be when most of the standard bannings happen. Uh, whenever a set comes out, they have like a three-week uh, three window to do emergency bannings, which is like a, oops, we made a mistake. This is very, um, and that, that's it. That's the only time there's going to be bannings. So, and the three-week bannings is mostly for older formats, because that's the easier place to make mistakes. I do worry that, like, Legacy is going to suffer from it, because we don't get the cards at Magic Online right away with, like, White Bloom Adventurer. Uh, you know. So it'd be cool if they made some exceptions for stuff like that, but at least... You know, with the RCQ being seasons now and knowing when stuff's going to get banned, when you're buying into certain decks, maybe you have a little bit more faith in stuff. Um, I know, in general, you hate bans, so... I do. Uh, I'm not a giant fan of them either. Uh, we talked about this before the show, and I do think it's kind of interesting. Uh, now that so much of the world's went digital, like both of us play Marvel Snap quite a bit, Oh yeah, and cards get adjusted or... Uh, nerfed weekly on there. Now yep. it's going to bi-weekly, I think. Um, and players really like that because they never have to buy it. It's not a money investment. But then when players come from those games or they just play those games a lot, they expect Magic to operate kind of on the same level of, hey, you need to fix this. This is, you know, this Rakdos core is 50% of this metagame. We need to do something about this. Um, so, uh, one side note though: the was it Monday or Tuesday? 
the 29th, which should be Monday. Yeah. I do believe is when they're doing the ban announcement. This is, I don't want to say an emergency ban announcement, but this is like the ban announcement for the year. Um, and it's specifically, they stated for standard. Um, so I guess we can dive into it. I mean, they essentially said Fable and Mirror Breakers banned. Like, I don't know how that one's not. I would be absolutely stunned if it somehow made it through without being banned. It's, I mean, they, they basically made a giant article about how overplayed the card is and how high its yeah. percentage when played is. Like, basically they said, this card's too good without saying this card's too good. Yeah. So even in this, I mean, in this standard metagame breakdown uh, for the Arena Championships, which is happening this weekend, which is why we're looking at it, because this is the last big tournament before um, uh, this banning announcement. Um, and we don't have decklist yet. It won't, they won't be up till tomorrow. But the most played non-land cards are Reckoner Bankbuster, Fable the Mirror Breaker, Duress, Blood Tithe Harvester, Go for the Throat. Um, Shielder's not even up there. Also, notably, no one brought Esper Legends. Which is kind of surprising. I mean, I knew the deck fell off quite a bit, but that's a long fall off. Uh, it doesn't mean the deck's bad. It just means that people were on different page for that tournament. But, uh, I mean, it is a little surprising that no one brought it. Well, and it didn't... Uh... It didn't have a good performance at the Pro Tour either. A few weeks. No, it, it also it struggled a bit against the deck it was supposed to crush. So, yeah. and whenever that happens, that's not a good sign. Yeah, and so uh, the big thing with Fable, so Record Bankbuster and Fable, their biggest issue with Standard right now is there is too much mid range, which I agree with to a point. They just want to open up more decks. Uh, so there can be different aggressive decks and yada, yada, yada. Listen to the thing Huey Jensen talks about. He makes good points, and I understand where he's coming from. And the guy's a world-class player, so he understands what a good metagame looks like, I believe, anyways. Um, and the issue with these cards, well, there's a, a bigger overlying issue when we get to Fable. Um, the record or Bankbuster is colorless, so it can go in any deck. And Fable's one red pip, and one thing we kind of talk about Cards are really easy to cast and splash in Magic now. Um, you want to? I mean, rant about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the issues with banning that I have is that cards get banned because their win rate's too high because their play rate is too high you know general general metrics that you can measure you know just by counting up the copies of cards that are in decks and the amount of games they got won after those cards got played the problem is is there's always best cards in magic there's always excellent cards across the board color wise colorless lands um all over the place in magic you it's supposed to be a struggle to just jam them all together. And whenever mana fixing gets so good that you can do that, very often the best deck or one of the best decks is just a pile of those cards. And we're in that spot right now in standard. We have excellent mana fixing. If there's a card that is really good and you're in a Esper Legends deck, not unreasonable to just shovel fable in that deck like i i think he could do that and honestly it may even make that deck better it's kind of crazy but it shouldn't be that easy it should be well geez i'm on a on a three color deck already i shouldn't be allowed to just get that fourth color for little to no cost but that's where it is right now and so that exacerbates the problem of the best cards being overplayed because why wouldn't you play them right this is another point this kind of segues over um because i think another big problem and we've they really hammered it for a year in design and why we've had a lot of these why a i think we underrated a lot of these cards because we hadn't played with them as much and b uh why they're so strong so bankbuster fable the mirror breaker and blood tithe harvester 
Do you know what all three of those cards do? They're one piece of cardboard that makes another piece of cardboard. Yep. Um, and even, like, I remember Blood Tokens. I was just getting back into playing at the time. Uh, no one really talks about it. They're kind of whatever. Uh, but, like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I played this guy in Pioneer, and when he, uh, you know, it's Fatal Pushed or whatever, I won for Wundum, but I still have something, I, a resource I can use later on. And when played in these mid-range decks, it's very powerful. And, well, not very powerful, but very useful. And uh, in, like, reanimator-style decks or graveyard-style decks, it's an enabler. And I really think we need to get away from that. And the other thing is, like, they make treasures. And treasures are... I mean, Lotus Petal's a good card. Yes, like, it is. Uh, so it makes it, you know... I was playing... Uh, I was on Rakdos Reanimator there for a while. And, you know, come to find out, you could just cast a Traxa. It was not that hard. And I would just... Like, my version I was playing on Arena, I don't even think had any lands that weren't red or black. Maybe I had one of the Grixis lands. Like, but you just have uh, three treasures in play, and it's it's fine. You know, you can cast it. So, I think from a design area, that's something they need to step away from. And I can understand, like, them trying this. I'm not mad about it. You know, none of these, you know, when we saw Fable, the Mirror Breaker, and Blood Tithe Harvester, it's not like we're like, oh my goodness, busted. You know? Um, yeah, in fact, in fact the, uh, the opposite was said about Fable when it first came yeah, out, yeah. was this is an okay card. Just, yeah, this is all right, I guess. I'd probably yeah. play it if I were in red. I'd probably play it if I cared about the uh, the reflection token, which is funny because that's probably the weakest part of the card. And yeah. I'd probably play it if I really need the uh, mana ramp. It's like you know, it, it was just a it was just a whatever card. I mean, we all missed the boat on that. Anybody who thought the card was nuts, congrats, because you were right and we were all wrong. Right. Yeah, that was probably the most slept on card. And it took us the longest to figure out, too. I mean, because, like, Ledger Shredder was slept on for all of two days. Yeah, and, went... and, and like, the channel lands, like, I mean, we, we recognize their power immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's rare that a card goes under the radar so much like that. Yeah, it gets played in every single format. Yep. Um, yeah, that might be one of the biggest misses of all time. Maybe. Could be. I, I, wouldn't, I uh, wouldn't be shocked if it was up there. I'd have to really go back and look at some other uh, big misses. Um, Dream Hall stands out to me, but uh, okay, yeah, I could see how that could be a miss. Well, I, I gave you those Inquest magazines where uh, Dream Hall's rated as the worst card in Stronghold. I just watched. Side note: I just watched LSB uh, do a Reanimator Storm Cube draft that played Dream Hall. Sick! You should go watch it. I'm gonna, I, like, I love LSV. He trophies it, like, spoiler alert. Uh, it, it's not even a spoiler alert, because it's not even a game where you think he's going to lose. You're like, oh, maybe this will be close. No. It's sweet. Well, anyway. just, just a side note, uh, we've been screwing up cards since the dawn of the game, so. Yeah, it, like, this is a very, you know, like I said, um, they probably didn't think any of these were that really pow powerful or whatnot, um, and it's just the one-for-one -one nature of the game. It makes, instead of a one-for-one, one, it's one for a 80% or a three-quarter, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Um, so I think that has to change quite a bit, and that's really what makes this core super strong, um, are these small advantages. So I'm going to read off real quick the upcoming, what's going, uh, by the time this show's out, will be happening, Arena Championship. There is... Uh, Rakdos Midrange, which there's 9 at 28% of the field. Jeskai Dragons, which is 5, uh, with 15.6. A team worked on that. One of them said it felt like Splinter Twin, uh, which I feel like everyone says at some point. Uh, so, But I'm excited to see how that deck works. 5-color Ramp, which is a very weird pile of cards uh, that if Mono Red was somewhat viable, I don't think could ever win. Uh, Grixis Reanimator, uh, three decks at 9.3%. Slesny Enchantments, two decks at 6.2%. Uh, the Enchantment deck's actually pretty sweet. Uh, I was watching the finals of uh, the Pizza Box last week. Yep. Uh, Hollywood Pizza's uh, weekly tournament, or monthly tournament. And that made the finals, and that deck was pretty cool. It took second place. Um, side note, Sunday the 27th, 
he's having an Explorer tournament, uh, and or Sunday the 28th, excuse me, and I will be commentating on it. So, a little self-plug there. Check it out, guys. I'm sure I'll share it on Twitter and whatnot. Um, anyways, Rakdos Breach, two copies at 6%. Grixis Midrange, two copies at 6%. Boros Midrange, two copies at 6%. Uh, Orzhov Midrange, one. Zori Soldiers, one. And Mono White Aggro at one. Um, the Grixis, or the, the Blood Tithe Harvester Fable, that core is 49% of the meta. I did the math. Well, it's over 49 after you add up all the other stuff. So it's like 50% of the meta game. Just a little bit. Um, it's good. And obviously that's probably what's going to get banned. Do you want to get into what we think is going to get banned? Well, let's, let's quickly run through the uh, card we're basically certain of, Fable. So, Fable, like we've already mentioned, is pretty much a lock to get banned um for all the reasons we talked about it is just too efficient it usually takes at least two cards to deal with the card um it does a little bit of everything too easy to splash all those reasons fable is highly likely to go after that um my next card is probably uh shieldred shieldred is just kind of a house very little investment to you to play it. Like it, it doesn't require you to do anything special uh, to play it. It does have a double black casting cost, but that's really already, nothing. So you're playing Invoke Despair already. Yeah. So whatever. Um, and it does so much. It, it gains you some life. Helps stabilize against the aggressive decks. It helps kill the uh, the other player with uh, with card draws. It's like. It just doesn't really have a weakness. It's got a five butt, which it's, is just enormous. It hits for four. It's got death touch just in case you need to attack into an Atraxa or something. Like it, it's just so solid of a card, which is why it, it gets played in all formats. Yeah, the the biggest issue with Shieldred and Standard is that's the card. So aggro deck started to show up, like Toxic started to show up a little bit, and uh during the RC season, and Mono Red would, was started to show up. And it was because uh, it's not as great in the mirror, so they were cutting down to two. So we're running one in the main with more of the sideboard. Uh, so these aggro decks could kind of have a shot. But like in testing Mono Red and playing Mono Red, like a turn four Shieldred, especially if they did anything before that, and you didn't have a way just to burn them through it. Yeah, how do you deal um, with that? <laughs> like it was almost game over or and then you have to play like bad cards in your sideboard to kill it or you have to splash a color yeah you have um, to play crap like rebel salvo and like yeah ugh, yuck yeah yeah um so you know that's a thing i don't i don't know um i think shieldred i personally think hot take i think shieldred According to Huey Jensen, they want more aggressive decks to be in the format. I think it makes it more accessible, and uh, the game is more fun uh, and more diverse, I guess. It's not just all these mid-range piles trying to outdo each other every week by going one step bigger. So, that being said, uh, I think you could get rid of Shieldred, and if you prioritize that as the problem, um, I think Fable could probably stay. But it would still be the most played card by a long shot because you can just play it and everything. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, there's plenty of ways that uh, Fable could stay, um, but I don't think that's ever happening. I, I, I think I, I think their numbers, they're, they're too sold on the numbers. They don't like a card to be that played, that winning. Uh, I think it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those two are almost for sure. There's a lot of talk about Reckoner Bankbuster get, getting banned. And I don't know how I feel about that one. Well, again, I don't think it needs to be banned, but it's kind of in the same boat as Fable. It does not have nearly as high of a win rate when played as Fable, although it is still quite high, but it does have a very high play rate. And part of that is because the card draw in the format is not particularly amazing. You know, we're not sitting on Ponder, Preordain, Serum Visions, you know, the, the, you know all these excellent filters, you know, uh, strong, like, w what's the best? 
card draw in the format, like what Phyrexian Arena? <laughs> like, yeah, but you, I like I maybe there's a little bit. Honestly, Fable's probably the best card draw in the format. But uh, oh, does Memory Deluge count? Ah, uh, yeah, not maybe. Maybe it counts. I mean, four is a lot to pay though. So that's what I'm saying. Like the card draw is just it's not that good. And so Bankbuster is pretty solid. Like it's a body. It's colorless. It gets you a bunch of cards. Kind of just checks all those boxes off in a low card draw environment. So I think it might get banned. I, I think that just the numbers of it being played so heavily and being in everything, I, I think it might. I hope it doesn't because it's not really a problem. But yeah, I'm not. And if you kind of, it's just good in the mid range mirrors. You know, so if you're trying to stop the mid range decks, like, and you're successful, you can leave it. Because, I mean, that's what you board out against the aggressive decks a lot of the times. Yeah, Bankbuster is absolute trash against, like, a red deck. Yeah. You know, running, like, a braid and everything already. Any Like, yeah, Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. want to be spending your mana on that. You want to not die. <laughs> um, so those are the ones they've mentioned. Now, I will say, I think this banning's also shaping a future format. You know, because we're going partway into this at a certain point probably a couple sets from now, they knew they were designing for three-year standard. But coming into it, they didn't. So at this point in time, they didn't know they were designing for a three-year standard. So it wouldn't surprise me, A, if we see a card get banned that we just are completely blown away by. We're like, why is this banned? And then Throne of Dream comes out, and we're like, oh, that makes sense. There's some interaction that they weren't planning on being in standard. I could see that. Um, the other big one, I think, is Wedding Announcement. Because in the non-red-black decks, it is probably the best mid-range card. Another source of card draw. Yeah. And just makes, I mean, it makes a bunch of dudes, then it pumps your guys. It's very hard to interact with. Yeah, and it's usually at least a two-for-one again. That's part of the problem with Fable, is you need several cards to deal with it often. Yeah. Um, you kill the you kill the enchantment. Great, you're still probably left with a one one or two that it made, or maybe it drew him a card or two. Like, usually you still lose on that trade. Yeah, uh, they at least get a one one out of the deal. It's I mean, there's a lot of cards like that in standard right now. Um, which I'd like to say I like mid range metas. It's a lot of interactive cards. Um. I find it interesting. There's a lot of deck building choices that you kind of get to make, you know. Yeah, and uh, a lot more. In my opinion, a lot more cards are opened up too because you've you've got a little more time in most games. Reach the multiverse is seeing play. That is a yeah. seven mana spell. Mm-hmm. You know, people are I playing Tali and just planning on casting it a fair amount of the time. Like, yeah, no. But I get it. Um, now I guess there's some quote-unquote fringe cards we can talk about. Because uh, I think those are the main contenders. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think those four cards are uh, the ones highest on the list. I'd be surprised if uh, at least three of those four did not get banned. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all four got banned. I wouldn't either. Uh I'll get to that point later. Uh, the next one, we'll stay in white for a second. I've heard people say Wandering Emperor. Because Wandering Emperor is really strong, uh, especially if it, stuff like Shielded and whatnot goes. Uh, I mean, it moves up in power level quite a bit. Where are you at on Wandering Emperor? Safe, not safe? Somewhere in the middle? I think Wandering Emperor is very safe. Um, Wandering Emperor is a very powerful card. It's just not dominant enough to need to be banned and it's not really closing out uh anything from being played because wandering emperor is gonna be at usually like a two for one at best a lot of the times it comes into play it eats a creature and then the next turn they they pump it up and then you get your opportunity to get it off the board uh it's it's not overwhelming it's yeah 
I think it's just a strong card. I don't think it's overwhelming. I agree. Um, I mean, it's super flexible. I don't... I could see how it could be really good, but um, I do think, and I'll segue over to Rafine, I do worry, so, if we go back to Worlds, Esper was by far the most played and most dominant deck, and then Mr. Nathan Stoyer showed up with Grixis and ran through the field. Um, but, like, that was the boogeyman at the beginning of the standard. And so, what all pieces of that do we leave? I mean, is taking just wedding announcement enough? And then, you know, it kind of turned into Esper Legends. You know, does any of that need to be touched? I know we see no Esper Legends now, but if we hit Racto super hard, does that make a comeback? Um... I think that it does make a comeback. Uh, I don't think that we need to hit it too hard. Um, that deck should have some issues uh, with aggro decks. They have some tools to deal with them, but not a ton. Cards like Wandering Emperor are not that good against an aggro deck. Like, you're playing four mana for your Planeswalker to kill their one or two or maybe three mana play. That's that's not really efficiency. Um, they have a couple of good sweepers and to populate and like farewells, probably too slow. Uh, you got sunfall now. Uh, so, I mean, they do have ways to clean the board up, but a lot of those decks are going to be things like red decks or prowess decks or things with reach that could just go, Oh, you cleared my board. Take six die. Uh, so I'm more, I'm not worried about Esper mid range per se. Cause I agree with you. I don't think that deck's going to be overly dominant. It's Esper legends. Um, because you have Skrelv, you have Thalia, you have, what is it, Donic? De uh, Denic. Denic, yeah, you have Denic, which is very good against aggressive decks. Um, you have Rafine. Uh, it's, it, that deck does not have a problem with aggressive decks. So, um, I think Skrelv is potentially on the chopping block. Really? I do. Okay. I, I don't, I, I, I think it's a long shot, but, so... Okay. Mother of Ruin-style cards uh, often shut out a lot of different types of decks. Um, and this one's not as good as a Mother of Ruins. It, you know, can't protect itself very well. But um, it's really powerful. And it leads to a lot of games where you have a whole bunch of blank removal spells in your hand because you can't kill the things that you actually need to kill. And I think part of their goal is going to be to make it so that cards don't just outright blank other decks. And so I think Skrelv is probably going to be on that chopping block. And if you take that away from Esper Legends, now you just need to run some removal for the guys. Okay. I, I think. I... I... 25%, I think. I mean, Shieldred yeah. does hit them. You know, I mean, they do play some number of Shieldred. Um, it probably hits them the least on the Shieldred, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 25%. 25%, okay. I, will say, I wouldn't surprise me if it Rafine or something else, because I think there's some really cool Legends decks, because the mana base is super open, that maybe they expect us to be playing, um, that we're not, that play green or you know the four color well we we just um, got several uh black white and green white legends matters cards so yeah um so maybe that's enough um the next one i'm gonna pair these two cards together atraxa and atali they're both they're the go-to thing to put in play by i mean by a lot if you're cheating something into play and atali sometimes you're just casting it um, how safe do you think those are? I think those are very safe. Um, I think if they do ban one of those, it's probably going to be a Traxa. Um, I, I just don't. I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to be banning something, you know, a, a large creature like that. But I mean, who knows? Maybe. Um, they are definitely the best things to be ramping to. For sure, yeah. right now, like they're ramping or reanimating or yeah. whatever. Like, I mean, they're like, the thing. Get, getting those cards in play is terrifying. Like, geez, those cards have a lot of text and do a lot of stuff. Uh, this last one, I know what the answer is to it, uh, but the internet will yell at me if I don't say it. How do we feel about Rakdos Midrange? Or not Rakdos Midrange, excuse me. How do we feel about Invoke Despair? Invoke Despair? 
I could yeah. care less about Evoke Despair. It costs quad black, man. It I mean, it costs did. five mana in quad black. I don't care about Evoke Despair. There was four of so I mean, like, I know you didn't get to watch the Pro Tour as much as I did, all right? But I will say it is pretty sweet with Chandra's Hope Beacon. Just saying, pretty strong. Um, getting to copy it for free. Uh, and that deck did play four in the main, the Pro Tour winning list. And it's probably one of the most complained cards about on Bladder. So, for Arena. A lot of people don't like that card. I think it's fine as well. I think it's a good card. Um, I think if you take enough away uh, some of these other pieces, it will matter less. Um, mostly because when you go shielded into Invoke Despair, you drain their life and gain life. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's fine as well, but have to do it for the people. No, I I do think a lot of people um, struggle against those style of cards, but they're so clunky. You, you, the way you beat those cards, I mean, you have so much time to set up for an Evoke Despair. Like this is not something you get surprised with. Um, you you should be able to rip it out of their hand. You should be able to counter it. You should be able to set yourself up in a way that it's not going to be an ancestral recall for them. Yeah, you should be able to. Right. Um. Do you have any other any hot takes? Any spicy ones? No, I think Scrub is is probably the uh, the card that I um and probably you know was more on than others for what might get banned. I kind of have a hot take. I think Blood Tithe Harvester might get chopped. I can see it. I, I don't think so, but go ahead. So, I think there's enough cards um, that if we take away Fable, we take away Shouldered. Like, I still think the red-black deck's good. I mean, maybe you become... Like, it's harder to do some of the reanimator stuff. Uh but like I still think that deck's really good. You still have a great removal suite, and uh, there's other cards that can go in those slots. And so from a design standpoint, there's a couple things. A, when you make two mana three twos, you expect them to be in aggressive decks, and this is not. Um, and maybe they want to push for that more. Uh, B, it's kind of the glue that holds everything together. Like, if you take this away because it is a removal spell and a creature and something they have to deal with um, that works really well in multiples and leaves something behind. I think it, without Fable, you know, if you have some, you know, whether it's Elder Dragon's War instead of Fable and it's a four drop or something else instead of Shieldred, I still think you're okay. Like, it's not as strong. It won't be as dominant. But I think uh, if you really want Red Blacks to go away, I think you have to take Blood Tithe Harvester. And I think they might do that. I you... think that if Shieldred survives the bannings, it's because they ban Fable and Blood Tithe. I can see that. And yeah. it, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I do think that would be an interesting way to go about it and maybe more effective. Maybe. I mean, like, there's also the flip side argument. One of those cards is $70, and one of them is a dollar. Yeah, that is another thing to consider, is Blood Tithe is super cheap, and Fable is not, and so you'll anger a little, uh, a few less people with the cards that they purchased if yeah. you don't ban Shieldred. And, and I think that's a way to not ban Shieldred, is to take out the uh, the early game of the Rakdos deck, and suddenly, like, what are you, what are you playing? I mean, you have to play something. I mean, you, they play like Tenacious Underdog in that spot, which yeah, such a big difference, though. Yeah, I mean, like it, it really is. Uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe. Like, I wouldn't hate it. I guess I think it hits the deck a lot harder. Um, and the other thing is, like, Green's not played that much right now. Okay, that's one thing that's been talked about quite a bit, is there's just not that much green. And green answers enchantments and all bunch of stuff. You know, there's tools there. Besage is a card. Besage yeah, is a standard a legal card. Yeah, like, it's a standard legal card that does not see that much play. At yep. all. There's two decks that can play it 
in this metagame breakdown that I'm looking at right now. Um, so, Blood Tithe Harvester, I mean, the big reason why a lot of them are Grixis with this, which is just like a light blue splash, or just Rakdos, is because Blood Tithe Harvester, you want to play it at two. Every game you can. So there's that aspect. So maybe they want to open things up, make, force people to diversify a little bit. And I've been playing Red, Black, and Pioneer. And let me tell you, I have a pile of tokens that I have to take with me to every event I play in. And I have to go, okay, which one's my blood token? Which one's this? Uh, and it doesn't make for the cleanest paper play. And the first time I played with the deck, it actually felt really awkward as someone who mo mostly plays online because there's so many of these little pieces. So I think, and it's also not something you think about having. You know, when you have 20 reps with the deck and you have all the cards and you're like, oh, I need another five tokens. Um, and so from a coverage standpoint and from an ease of access standpoint, maybe that's another reason they get rid of it. Uh, I don't know. Just a thought. But I can see it. I doubt that they, they would use that in their uh, motivation. But maybe. I mean, it does take a pile of tokens. That's not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and if, you know, you're looking at paper play, that is, you know, you want good, clean, uh, what you call, you go back and watch stuff from the Pro Tour, and there's a bunch of tokens here and there, and keeping everything separate. Um, having just good, clean play is a much bigger deal than it used to be. Yeah. Um, because of all that, so. Yeah, that's probably my big take. I also think there might be one we're surprised about, because, like I said before, we just don't know what's coming next. Um, any other thoughts on this? Nope, I hope it goes well. Not a fan of bannings, but if they make standard better, then maybe I'll change my mind. Yeah, and as long as this isn't a constant, constant thing, um, you know, at least everything's on a schedule now, and I understand the first time you're going to do this is going to hurt, uh, because... When you were making these cards, you weren't planning on doing it. So yeah, you, you never make a card expecting it to be banned. Yeah, exactly. Never. Well, or and you never make a card expecting it to be played with a set that's two years out. Yeah, you know, none of these cards were made with that thought process. So, uh, or you know, those cards weren't made. You get what I'm saying. So I could see, you know, maybe this one hurts a little bit, but. Hopefully it opens it up. There's some really cool cards in Standard, man. Like, Jetmere's a card I would love to see play. Uh, I like Jetmere a lot, mostly because I got to play him in Winota, speaking of bands. Um, but yeah, I hope it goes well. We'll find out. Uh, I have a three-day weekend this weekend, so I will probably be trying to catch as much of the Arena Championship as I can. Um, you work all weekend, right? Yes. Lame. Uh, I will be at work all weekend. So, yeah. I just kind of want to... We want to touch on this before the big bans happen next week, I'm sure. We'll be talking about it, what we expect to see in the future. And uh, start to get back on somewhat of a normal schedule. Being an adult sucks, man. I hate responsibilities. and I feel like more and more keep popping up. Yep, you got things to do, man. And I did have to do a bunch of cube drafts. I've done more cubes this time than I ever have, ever. I'd also like to give them a lot of credit. The last five days of cube, they were like, hey, we're taking these cards out and putting these cards in. Because you guys said you didn't like these cards. And after watching you guys play, we don't think they're that good. They don't add to the cube. And they just changed it. That's pretty sweet, in my opinion. Uh, so, bravo to Daybreak Games. I know they had some issues with some of the cards, and they have technical issues from time to time, but overall, I think they're making Magic Online a much better platform than it was before, um, and they care a lot, and it shows. I don't think they had any more technical issues than uh, <laughs> Wizards had when they were running it. Uh, yeah, so I just said that because when Aftermath came out, you couldn't open up sealed product, period. They had to do, like, unplanned downtime for five hours during the day, cancel a couple challenges, and 
like refund a bunch of people because you couldn't do drafts. Like packs just couldn't be opened. So, yeah, that wasn't wasn't great day or two for him there. But trust me, I have lived through some pretty atrocious bugs that uh, went weeks, sometimes months and years to be fixed with uh, Wizards running it as well. So I I don't fall daybreak. Crap happens. Uh, I mean, heck, Marvel Snap, the most anticipated card release, they just botched that recently. So, like, it it happens. Like, programming games is not easy. Lots of crap goes, you know, unnoticed or unforeseen. And overall, I think they've done an excellent job of managing things. If anything, I think they've done a better job. Yeah, no, I think they've done an absolutely fantastic job. Um, I hope they keep it up. it looks really good. So, um, yeah. Well, you can find me uh, at Twitter at Play to Your Outs. You can find the podcast at TOFA Podcast. Uh, you can email the podcast at TOFA Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, do you know what your Twitter handle is yet? Now that you used it a little bit? Uh, uh, let me see. Only thing I use it for is trolling people. I think. Oh, uh, that is. I don't know how to tell. Where? Oh, here it is. Profile. Diabolic goat. You can find me at diabolic goat mtg at. Any underscores? Anything like that? Nope. All one word. All right. See, we finally did it. Twenty-five episodes, and a lot of harassment, like six months, but we got there. Josh is on Twitter. We did it, folks. I I am now. Fully Twitter trolling people. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get trolled, go give him a follow. Um, you can yep. troll him because I'm pretty sure he only knows how like 10% of Twitter works. Absolutely. Give me a follow, <laughs> post a political message, and, and I'll spend a quarter of my life arguing with you. <laughs> uh, all while trying to figure out what his name is on Twitter. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. It's been fun. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Uh, we'll be talking about the bannings. Uh, let us know what you think it is. Uh, as always, uh, send us to a friend, leave us a review. It means a lot. And until next week, guys, talk to you then.